Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This podcast is brought to you by LarryInFishers.com. If you want to stay abreast of news in and around Fishers, use my local news blog. Find it at www.LarryInFishers.com. Also, follow me on Twitter at Larry in Fishers. Democrat Lane Skeeters is challenging incumbent Republican Fisher City Councilman John Weingart in this year's municipal general election. This is the South Central City Council District. I spoke with Lane Skeeters from the Ignite Space in the downtown Fisher's Hamilton East Library. The Ignite Space features artistic opportunities galore. Come to the library anytime the building is open and ask for a tour of the Ignite Space. And one of the librarians will be happy to provide you a tour. I talked with Lane Skeeters during the afternoon of Friday, September 27th. I'm at the Hamilton East Library in downtown Fishers in the AV studio, and I'm with Lane Skeeters. Lane is a Democrat. He is a candidate for Fishers City Council in the South Central District. Lane, welcome. Great to have you here. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for the invite. Um, I think what you're doing is amazing, and it's a great resource for the community, so I, I Definitely hope you keep doing this. Well, thank you very much. It's always glad to, to hear that kind of feedback. Uh, since you are fairly new to the political scene, and even people who are city council members don't have a high profile necessarily, I think this is a good opportunity to just talk about yourself. Tell people who Lane Skeeters is. Well, um, you know, I'm a, obviously I'm a member of the community, and I think that's the most important part to being a city council member to, you know, to start with. I'm just a regular you know, guy working a regular nine-to-five job, and I was paying attention to things and uh, decided to, to get involved because I, I thought they could go a, a different direction. Um, I've been married to my, my wife, Sarah, for 13 years. We have two kids. We have a 12-year-old uh, boy, Christopher, and a three-year-old girl, Caitlin. And so he goes to Riverside. So we, you know, we came here for the schools, um, and so I'm a. My background is in design, and what I primarily do is, you know, right now I have a you know very varied background. But what I primarily do right now is work with small businesses and re- redoing their space, mm-hmm. so interior, exterior, making it much more appealing to the, you know, the consumer that's coming into their their shop or their employees that are working there. Obviously a, a niche, but uh, yeah, you walk into any small business, and if you're it's a retail, you've got to have a nice look, and even for your own employees if you're not retail. So your specialty is making that a, a pleasant place to work or shop. Is that yeah, I mean, you yeah. see, I mean, it kind of started with the startup community where mm-hmm. uh, you would come in. Normally, a place would have a bunch of uh, you know you know boring cubicles, and you know now they want to make sure it's. Something that's appealing to every, you know, they're, you know, it's, it's hard to get these millennials, I'm one of them, uh, to be interested in a, in a workplace. We've got a lot of options. And, uh, you know, so you're, they're coming to us trying to figure out how we can make these uh, spaces more visually appealing. Um, and, you know, that's something I, I really enjoy doing. I mean, I did websites, you know, years ago, and that's, uh, you know, part of it as well. But now I'm into the, the actual, you know, three-dimensional space and and I enjoy that. I, I originally went to school for 3D computer animation, which was oh, okay. a, a very niche thing. 
and I found out for the thing I wanted to do, which was character animation, it was an even more niche thing. They didn't pay very well, and I had to live in California. So oh, no. <laughs> I went in a different direction. Yeah. No, that's an expensive place to live almost anywhere in California. Yeah, and that, and that, that particular industry, it's really, um, it really struggles. Even even they with the big budgets these movies have, uh, all these visual effects, you'd think it'd be awesome, but they're going out of business left and right. Is, and, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's something I, I you know, kind of pine for every once in a while, but... No, I yeah. know people in the entertainment business. It's a lot tougher than you think. Well, yeah. you kind of touched on this, but I want you to go a little more into it. Explain what motivated you to run for city council. Uh, I mean, there, there's there's a lot of things, but I would say you know the biggest thing that that really keyed me in on uh, the you know the city politics and how all this is happening is watching the development projects in the last really couple of years or so really take off. I mean, we moved to the city because, as I said, we you know, we love the schools. Um, I grew up in Fort Wayne, mm-hmm. uh, still a family there, so we wanted to be close to Fort Wayne. When we moved back to Indianapolis after my wife finished her grad school program, we knew we wanted to be on the north side. It was Carmel or Fishers. Those were our two choices, really. Uh, and we we just really loved Fishers, you know, compared to Carmel. You know, Carmel had a lot, but it was also, it's it's bursting at the seams. You know, it's it's, it's really busy. We liked you know the the quiet appeal that Fishers had. We loved how green it was. Uh, we loved that it was. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on, but it had that small town f- uh, feel still. Uh, but we also liked that it was growing. I mean, I had kind of my ears to the ground before when we were living in Indy, knowing what was going on in, in Fishers, and so I liked the fact that it was growing. Um, but when I watched the project start to happen. I was a little bit disappointed with the direction they were going with the types of projects they were developing. Well, that kind of leads me into the next question. What are your issues in the campaign? What are you campaigning on? Well, I mean, the the, the big one is is the development. Um, you know, what I see is it, it's great that we are bringing in these these large companies, the headquarters. Uh, you know, cr- creating more living spaces for the the workers that are going to be uh, working there, and those are great. But I think about where they need to go and what the city is missing. I think what the city is missing is really kind of a a town square type feel that a lot of other competing cities in Hamilton County and you know northern Indianapolis have. You know they they have a place that you go out no matter what night of the week it is, even if the city isn't you know having a concert or something. There's people walking around, you know, and it's that's something that we find ourselves drawn to. So we find ourselves spending a lot of time outside of Fishers when we just wanted to get out for the night. So. I was hoping that the downtown would kind of go that direction, but it hasn't. It's, it's been more, again, big development with the mixed-use uh, buildings and the, the headquarters. And I think that that's, again, while I don't want to lose those things, not the right place for that type of development. Well, I was looking at your campaign website, and if you look at that first page, the most prominent letters in the middle of the page Growth for everyone. That's mm-hmm. what you are pushing. So if uh, you want growth for everyone, that insinuates we don't have growth for everyone. <laughs> now, explain what you mean by that. Well, I mean, part of uh, part of my platform is being a more inclusive city. Um, so I think that, you know, that the growth for everyone, uh, you know, uh, that was a big, honestly, I was at the beginning of my campaign. We we're thinking about a, a, you know, good little slogan. It's hard to boil down into everything you feel into three words. Um, but, I, you know, I, I am supportive of the growth. I want to make that, that clear. Um, but I want to make sure everyone that lives here 
is benefiting from it. And right now, I think it's a little bit one-sided on the, the corporate side of things. We're trying to grow our tax base, and they're benefiting greatly from the growth. But I think the residents that are already living here are not getting, you know, we're, we're losing opportunities for activities, for places to go, places to eat, shops, that kind of thing that we really don't have when you compare it to other, you know, other, you know, small cities, especially in Ham- Hamilton County. So what cities would you say are doing it right if Fishers is doing it wrong? Well, it's, it's not about, uh, you know, there, there, I wouldn't say there's any one city that's doing it right. I would say that we need to find a happy medium. Uh, I, you, people ask me, well, do you want to be a Carmel? I, I, I don't want to be a Carmel. Uh, but the thing, you know, Carmel has certain areas that, again, always draw the people. And that's, that's the thing that I'm, I'm really looking for. I'm looking for what we have missing. And, and they are uh, good about being opinionated about the types of developments. Now, we, <laughs> we, we didn't like the opinion. That's why we don't live there. Uh, but they're, they're good about being opinionated and not letting the developers, you know, basically control everything there uh, with regards to what's going to be built. And they're good about creating spaces that are conducive to the types of businesses that draw people into them. Uh, so you think about Carmel Main Street and the small businesses it has and the, the consistent foot traffic that it, it gets and the unique appeal of the storefronts. I think about, you know, what I, what I do on a daily basis. You have to make, you know, the, your storefront and the inside of it, you know, appealing. You can't have, you know, city ordinances or, or a developer choosing what, you know, what your, your storefront's going to look like. So you need to have, you know, the ability for small developers and small business owners to really make their their little shop or a restaurant or retail space uh, appealing. So there, there's a lot that comes down to it. There isn't one city that's doing it right, but I think we could learn a little bit from, from all these. Kind of dovetailing what you've already said, I want to ask you about uh, – where is it here yet? The, something that uh, you uh, put on your website. You call Mayor Fadness's plan for downtown Fishers, I'm quoting now, opaque – but nonetheless, well executed. I'll close the quote there. <laughs> Explain what you mean by that. Well, th- this goes down to being inclusive. Uh, part of that being inclusive is being, uh, you know, including everyone in the conversation uh, and being transparent. That's you really the, I'd say the really the third pillar of my campaign is we need to open the city government and its functions to the the people. And if you talk to them, they. You know, they say, yeah, you know, we, we, we put this out there. We invite everyone. We have the council connect. We have all these things. But there's not a lot of uh, participation in those programs. And that's because people know one simple thing. The, the current administration, Fadness, and the, the city councilors, they have a plan and they're sticking to it. Mm-hmm. Now, I have – yeah, I don't have a lot of qualms with – uh, with Mayor Fadness, I think he's doing a fantastic job as far as running the city. I think he has a you know a great background and clearly has the skills to get it done. Uh, but I do have qualms with specifically what is what what is being done in some areas. In some areas, um, so I think that we need to work really hard on getting people into the seats in a city council meeting. First of all, so it, you're not gonna, there's no point to a public comment period if there's no public to comment, and they're not going to comment if they don't think their comments are going to be heard and change anything. So you have to invite them in at the very beginning of a process when we have decided we have a certain area we want to develop. We, you know, before we talk to a developer even, we need to be talking to the community about what do we want, to want here. Do we want a park? Do we want a place for uh, retail? Do we want uh, you know, corporate headquarters or more apartments or uh, you know, uh, cheaper, cheaper places to live? Whatever they want, we need to listen to them and then work to deliver that to them. 
Yeah, I'm going to drill down on a few of those issues <laughs> you've already brought up. But you all, and I'm going to ask you about this because you mentioned this a couple of times. You say downtown is not drawing people. Now I've spent some a little bit of time in Carmel uh, now and then, so I've seen what you what you mean by that. Uh, and they also have a lot of events, by the way, now almost on a regular basis mm-hmm. in, in that downtown area and some other areas of town not, not far from there. So explain how you came to the conclusion that downtown is it fishers anyway is not drawing people well i mean it's honestly it's just my experience and the experience of my family um you know before i got involved in uh and campaigning and really talking to people it's just my own you know my own personal experience and talking to my wife about hey where do you want to go you know it's like uh, my, my mother-in-law surprised us came into town at like 9 p.m one night you know they live out of town so we don't get too many you know, grandma, you know, time to get out and she's kicked us out of the house, said, go out and have a date. We're like, great. Well, you know, we don't want to go anywhere far. It's you know, already nine o'clock. So what do we go do? And that list was pretty short. So we went over to uh, Chatham Tap and, mm-hmm. and had a drink. And then it was, well, <laughs> where else, where else can we go? It was a uh, soccer night. I'm sure it was busy, but uh, uh, maybe, maybe not that night. <laughs> no, I don't think it was. Yeah. I mean, that place is always busy. We have yeah. a lot of great uh, little restaurants, you know, and I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, four day Ray, I spent a lot of time at four day Ray. I'm, you know, I, I, I love those places. Cause mainly I just like to be in a place that has a lot of people. I think it's, 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 it, it's energizing to be around people. Um, but you know, even before they did a lot of the recent development where they're torn things down, you walk around the streets in the, the what I call our downtown. It's it's you know very small. You know, some people don't even know what the, what I'm referring to when I say downtown. Um, but you, you don't see a lot of people walking just you know and out enjoying themselves, right? They're, they they drive in, park as close to the place they want to go, and go you know to, to that to that place. And, and I've talked to some of the local business owners, and they say you know outside of uh, of special events, we don't really see just foot traffic. We have people that know where we are and come to us, but there's not, again, that that place that draws people where they just want to get out and they walk around. Uh, and and a real quick, I uh, I kind of joke with my wife a lot about this because uh, you know she's always you know wanting to get out of the house. We're we're somewhat homebodies. We have kids, but we like to get out of the house from time to time. And I'm you know her default place to go is Target. You know, in Target, you know, we have a great Target. You know, it's, it's you know, a, lot, a lot of options there. But that kind of has become, in, in, in some way, that what I call the town square, the place where we uh, kind of default to just getting out of the house, walking around, being around people. Uh, and I think we can have, you know, something a little more eclectic and, you know. Now you, you talk about community involvement, and I have covered a number of of campaigns over the last Eight-plus years I've been doing this blog and four-plus years I've been doing these podcasts. And in every campaign, every candidate talks about this. They talk about involving the community. And there have been efforts. You talked about Community Connect or Council Connect, excuse mm-hmm. me, where the city councilmen uh, go out. These, there's two of them, and they try to bring people in. And it hasn't been terribly well attended. I just had one today, the day we record this, and mm-hmm. it, it was a, a, an issue about State Road 37. The city uh, dr- director of engineering was there, and we had two or three people outside the journalists and candidates and city staffers, two or three people there, journalists being me. So my question to you is, I think that there are people who have been in office who have struggled about how to go about doing this. How would you go about doing that? Well, um, it's difficult. So I'm uh, I'm the president of our HOA in our neighborhood, and we've had a project where we want to re- completely redo our covenants. Um, 
you know, for some, you know, for some volunteers and a and an apathetic crowd, that's a difficult thing to get going when you got to get two thirds of the people to uh, approve it. Um, you know, this is a much smaller level than a than a city, of course, uh, but it's uh, you know a lot of the same process. We have to have a you know quorum, get people in the seats, and so there's a lot of uh, marketing that has to you know happen basically on our part and knocking on doors and everything, uh, just to get people into us. Even then, even with all the begging and pleading we do, it's still hard to get people involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I realize it's a, a difficult difficult thing. What I would say to this is, uh, on the city level, the city does a really great job marketing things they want to market. All right. And so, you know, think about the uh, the yard development. That's something that caught my attention, um, you know, early on. I, I love the renders and the ideas when they talked about the culinary uh, incubator. And, you know, the very first renders were very different than what it ended up like. Um, well, that normally is the case. Well, the of course, way. things yeah. change, yeah. but things don't always have to change as much as. as so as you don't that like one. you don't like the changes, is what uh, you're saying? I, I, I like the original idea more than the the, the, the changes. Uh, I see why the changes took place, and I think you know I'm glad they kept some of the you know flavor of what's going to happen there. Uh, I'm certainly it's right down the road for me, so I'm excited about it. Don't don't get me wrong about that at all. Uh, you know, we're going to ride our bikes there, and you know, there's there's a lot of lot of stuff to do, a lot more date options when it's when it comes to the evening. <laughs> I, I hear um, that, yeah. But I would say that you know the city, so so they advertise on the tail end of a project. Once the you know it's gone through the process of the you know meet, you know uh, council meetings and uh, on the on you know before that when the developers are talking to the city and, and and getting contracts approved and all that and and right before groundbreaking that's when you see the city kind of trot out its marketing mm-hmm. you know uh, muster and and you know get out there put it out in their Fisher's magazine make sure the current has a front page thing about it you know all this stuff and you see it uh, again with the you know the State Road 37 project they realize it's going to impact a lot of businesses so they put together a website they're spending you know big you know big dollars on 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 marketing uh, and what I would say is we need to do that in reverse we need to when we have an idea about a certain area we want to develop or change, or even uh, a large, you know, change to our city ordinance in, in some way. We need to market the heck out of the fact that we're even talking about it. So we, in our uh, Fisher's magazine that we're paying to publish, you know, it's taxpayer funded. We need to, you know, say you need to get to the seat because we can't do anything until we hear from you. Uh, so I think that you know we're spending the money and time and marketing effort on the wrong side of the projects. We need to be doing that at the beginning. Now, I've been reading a lot about living small. You you also talk about that. Live small. I think the quote was, live small and involve the community. Involve the community, I think you just talked about. What do you mean by live small? I mean, I know generally how, it's, how some people are, are using that lifestyle. What do you mean as a council candidate when you say that? Well, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways you can talk about it. And I think, you know, affordable living gets – or, you know, affordable housing, I should say, gets kind of a, a bum rap because people think about, you know, you know, who is that going to bring in? I hear this all the time. And as as a Democrat, you know, that obviously that hits me in a, in a hard spot. I don't like I don't like to hear that because you're, you're questioning, you know, well, what do you mean by who? Uh, so yeah, there's, you know, people people avoid that language. But I think uh, it gets to how are we going to deal with the situation where you got people moving in? Like you know myself, my wife, who are you buying our first now we you know previously bought a condo that was mm-hmm. a tiny little condo, nine hundred square feet, but really, this is our first 
actual house house that we we bought. Um, but we're having to do that while we're all at the same time and having to pay off, you know, massive student loans, you know, grad school loans for my wife. Um, and then, you know, put kids through through daycare and all that. Right. Uh, so, you know, we <laughs> we make a, you know, a pretty decent living. We're able to afford to live here in, in Hamilton County. Uh, and at the same time, we still need an affordable place to live. And so, um, you know, getting at the, you know, I think we need to build basically smaller homes. I think that's what it comes down to. That's one of the solutions that I think we can have to uh, this, uh, I wouldn't call it a crisis, but it's getting to the point where people can't afford to live in their own home if they had to buy it today. You know, the, the prices are going up, up, and up. I looked at uh, some some stats recently, and, you know, if you look on, on Zillow, the, they said the average estimate on there is uh, $263,000 for all the homes in, in Fishers. That sounds about right. But yeah. then uh, you, another stat is the average price of a new home, if you build a new home in Fishers, is three hundred and seventy. dollars So a $100,000 difference between the average value of homes in Fishers and the you know, and the the value of a new home. So I think that's something we really need to change, and the well, council let, can. Let me talk about housing because housing has been a very big subject for the mayor and the council. It has come up a number of times, and last year the council uh, and the the mayor went through a private company to apply for low income housing credits. I went to a couple of seminars that covered them on on, on this issue, and to have low income housing, you have to have the credits and the credits are come through the state and you apply at the state and the state decides who gets the credits and who does not there's only a finite number mm-hmm. of credits that are available fishers did not make the cut last year i think they're going to try again this year uh, to to get that let's say if you want an apartment complex you're either going to have market rate which is mostly what we have here now but if you want anything lower than that you have to get low-income tax credits. It's just not its not worth it for a builder to build unless you have that. Are there other solutions out there? Because I know the city is pursuing that because that seems to be the, the, the only way to go at the moment. I think well, what I, I would ask you to put a context into that question is I think any community that gets to the point where a teacher or a police officer or a firefighter or a public employee can no longer to afford to live in the city where they serve, then you've got an issue, and we are getting to that point here in Fishers mm-hmm. based on some data I saw not too long ago. So, tell me your views on all that. Well, um, you know, obviously we need to do more. I, I I need to dig further into the reasons why we didn't get those those credits. I, I I do remember reading about that, you know, about six months or so ago, and I think there were some some changes the city could could make. Um, so that's that's part of it, but it's not just about you know subsidized living. I think that you know a big part of the solution is what the developers are are building, and you know we are in a in a hot market. There's people that want to move here faster than there are you know houses available. You see in my neighborhood, you know houses aren't available for more than a couple of weeks. When we were trying to buy, we were buying from out of state. You know, it was every time we look at a house, it was gone before we could do anything about it. So we're in a, in a market where there's a lot of demand and not enough supply. Um, so I think, you know, first and foremost, we need to increase that supply. Um, now, there's not, you know, we don't have unlimited space to do that. I think it's a small percentage, maybe 5 to 7% of the uh, land in the city that where you could build is available now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's – we're closing in on it. Uh, we're pretty spread out, and you, I mean, you think about way out there on the in the east side. I mean, uh, there's a lot of nice new neighborhoods going in there. I, you know, 
it seems like it'd be difficult, you know, to get to the highway from there. I mean, that's getting pretty far. You're, you're driving 15 minutes before you get to the highway. If you have to work outside of Fishers, that's a, that's that's another issue. But um, so I would say we need to think about the types of when we're approving a developer wants to come in and make a neighborhood or make an apartment complex. Uh, you know, the developers, they want to build the high-end places, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, our, our, our company has been doing a little bit of work for that spark development in the downtown, mm-hmm. uh, and it's gorgeous. You know, the, the, the spaces they have in there, you know, it'd be a place I'd love to live if we were, if we didn't have kids and we were just, you know, looking for a little place, um, you know, I'd love to, to live in there. Um, and, you know, but that's not something that everyone can afford. I'm not even sure what the, what the exact prices are there, but those are clearly high-end, uh, apartments. Um, so, but we don't have to just have high-end apartments and it doesn't have to be subsidized. There's places in between a subsidized apartment complex and the really high-end stuff that is being built right now. Uh, and I think we need to make sure that for the spaces that we do have left, that we're filling those with places that will be as affordable as possible, meaning, you know, smaller, smaller homes, maybe not the high end finishes still nice and, and beautiful on the outside. Well, you know, well-maintained, decent sized lots and all those kind of things. But to the degree we can, we reduce the expense of the new homes that are being built because there are plenty of, of variety in the sizes already. Fisher's uh, <laughs> is moving forward on building the first phase of the nickel plate trail. The, the train tracks have been removed. Now, the next phase, this is the first phase that's in place and uh, under construction now. There will be more phases of it to completely go from 96 to 146th Street. So the city council is going to have to be involved in the decisions that are made and will have to fund through a bond issue more than likely uh, the remaining phases of that nickel plate trail. What are your views on the trail? Well, you know, when I first got... You know, started uh, you know talking to people on this campaign. That was an an issue that really came up. I mean, when I when it when it was first going down, you know, and there was news stories about it, I I didn't really have my ear to the ground. I I had heard about it, um, but I I wasn't in on it. I wasn't reading all the the comments on on the Facebook pages and and you know going to the meetings and everything. But I, I you know I really you know, learned about all the different options uh, in, in the midst of this campaign, and you know I've come away with it. I mean I. I've always valued uh, public transportation, and I think that as a region grows, at a certain point, it's going to need some sort of light rail. Uh, we've talked about other, you know, autonomous options and other things like that. Um, you know, that's that's something that hasn't panned out as fast as they they'd hoped. Uh, so I think that you know, no matter what, the the, the cheapest option is going to be when we need it, a light rail system of some sort. And so then we have to think about where it's going to go. And we have we are we already have this right away. So in the future, I think it's it's pretty clear that as Indianapolis grows, they're going to need to deliver some sort of public transportation, and we're going to have to connect to that. Uh, the question is, you know, what type and and where. So uh, the flip side of that is, I hear from a lot of people that they really love the idea of a trail. When we were first, you know, looking to buy, I said we were thinking about Carmel, thinking about Fishers. You know, the Monon was very attractive. We looked at, you know, trying to get a home near the Monon. It's something we use pretty regularly. I, you know, I go running and, you know, my wife, you know, she she goes running. We, lo- we like to use that trail. Uh, and when <laughs> the funny thing was we almost we almost bought a house that was, you know, backed up to the tracks. And I said, no, I can't have tracks in my backyard. And now, <laughs> now it would have turned into a trail. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I, I see the benefits of that. And so do a lot of people. And I, and I will be a user of it. And I, I will enjoy it. And I think it will be a great addition. 
Um, but I, I don't want to close off opportunities that if Indianapolis decides to move forward, the mayor's talked about regionalism, mm-hmm. um, that we need to make sure that we have that option in the future. Um, so I would say we need to do, you know, with regards to projects, you're talking about, you know, as it expands, you know, we need to focus most of that development, I think, on the on the downtown portion of this trail. Um, you know, people talk, you know, talk about, you know, dog parks and other types of amenities along the trail that, you know, those are those are great things. We need to figure out how we can afford those without going further, further into debt. Um, but when it go, when we get further out, I think we need to to do less. You know, basically, we need a flat place where you can ride your bike or run. You know, and we need to try to you know think about minimalism when it comes to developing those areas, so that in the future, again, if we need to use those areas, it's you know, less expensive to repurpose it. If we need to, you know, have some sort of light rail going near it. Well, thirty minutes goes quickly. Yeah. So. Uh... Here's my last question, and it's no secret I ask the same question of every candidate when I'm done with, with a candidate interview. Just imagine I'm one of your constituents, or I guess constituent wouldn't be right, a potential voter, and I have talked to you, and I said, well, Mr. Skeeters, I've looked at you. I've looked at your opponent. I would really like to know why I should vote for you. So what is your answer to that question? Ooh, um, do I have another 30 minutes? <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you a couple. How's that? I used, um, to ask, I used to ask for 30 seconds. I never got 30 seconds oh from anybody. Gosh. So two minutes, I'll try to keep it at that. Well, I think, again, it, you know, my main, you know, no matter who else gets on the, on the council, uh, we need to change things up. Uh, we need to make sure that uh, things aren't rubber stamped, that, uh, you know, basically these development projects that are coming down are really looked at, uh, you know, tightly, and we get a lot of people in the room to discuss it. And I will be uh, an ear uh, if nothing else in this in this council, uh, to make sure that we're doing the right thing for the for the residents that live here first and foremost, um, and you know I I hope that I can get more people in the seats to come in and and give the council their their view on things and and hopefully I can affect change and 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 helping them listen to that that that's all I can hope for. That was less than two minutes. Thank okay, you. Good. <laughs> Lane Lane Skeeters is running as a Democrat. And for the Fisher City Council in the South Central District. So, Lane Skeeters, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Larry. This podcast has been brought to you by LarryInFishers.com. My local news blog follows news in and around the Fishers area. So check it out. Once again, find it at LarryInFishers.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Larry in Fishers. My name is Larry Lannon. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.